Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. Zeba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Zeba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machar, the son of Amiel, in Lodabar. Then King David said, And fetched him out of the house of Machar, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Amen. Why don't we pray and just ask God to just touch his word today. Can we do that? Merciful God, we love you today. We thank you for your many blessings, your kindness. You've been good to us. We, we give you praise and honor for all of that. But God, you're our most high God, and we lift you up today. We ask you to just come and be with us in this session this morning and let your spirit move all through this congregation that lives may be touched and changed. And we give you glory, honor, and praise for all of it in the precious name of Jesus. And the church said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. <clears throat> I Let me tell you a little story just to start with this morning. Is that okay? A gentleman was on his way to work one morning. He, he walks by a, a blind boy sitting on the corner with a sign said, I'm blind. Can you help? So he reached in his pocket, pulled out some corns, and, and put it in the hat that was beside him. But when he did that, he reached and took the sign from the, the kid, and he flipped it over and began to write something on the other side. And he flipped it back, put it back in the blind kid's hand. Well, that afternoon when he was coming back through, he decided, I'm going to stop and see how he's doing. And uh, so when he walked up, his hat was full of money. But when he walked up, the blind kid said, are you the man that came by this morning and changed my sign because he recognized his footsteps? He couldn't see him. He said, yes, I am. He said, what did you write on my sign? He said, I say uh, the same thing you said. I just said it differently. I put on the sign. It's a beautiful day, but I can't see it. Come on, somebody. Tell me that won't preach this morning. It's a beautiful day, but I can't see it. And what it's telling us today is that we need to be appreciative of what we've got and what we're able to do. Brother John got up here this morning and talked about this beautiful day. Well, you know, it's really cloudy on the outside, but overall, it's a beautiful day. My father-in-law used to say any day above ground is a good day. Come on, somebody. And we need to be thankful 
for who we are, what we have, what God has done for us. So I'm going to speak to us for a few minutes on one simple word, and that word is gratitude. Everybody say gratitude. David said, is there not yet any of the house of Saul? So they called for Ziba. Ziba worked for Saul all those years. But you have to understand, during those days when a new king came in the office, they killed off a lot of the family of the former king. I mean, you read it all through the scripture. They would kill them off because they didn't want no influence from what used to be. But Ziba said, there is one, the son of Jonathan, Mephibosheth by name. And God said, well, go get him. Now, here's a scenario you need to understand today about gratitude. Mephibosheth knew that most of his family had been destroyed already. So now the king is asking for him. Can you imagine what's going on in his mind? When he's got to go stand before David, he's probably thinking he's going to kill me. He's going to wipe me out because I'm the last one left. But you see, David and Jonathan had a great relationship. All through the time when David was running for his life, amen, and, and uh, he was struggling to, to get by doing all the things that he did, but he had a relationship with Jonathan until Jonathan fell on the battlefield, and now he's got a son left, and now David is wanting to show kindness for Jonathan's sake. It becomes a type of Christ for you and I today because where would you be today if it were not for Jesus Christ in your life? Come on, somebody. What would we be today if it were not for God? That showed us kindness when we didn't deserve it. When he come to a people that had completely done away with him, didn't have anything to do with him, but yet he loved us when we didn't know how to love. He loved us when we were totally undeserving the love of God in our life. How many know we serve a great God today? Let me say this, and you know, I've been around the horn a few times. I've, I've preached all over the country, church after church after church. One of the things that I've noticed probably more than anything else, apostolic people is the worst in the world for being thankful. We don't think about what we've got today. We don't think about that God, amen, that filled us with his spirit, amen, that blesses us over and over and over again, day after day, day after day, amen, and we are so unthankful. Come on, somebody. You got to understand we're not just anybody today. We're the people of God. We have the spirit of God that dwells in us. We are the temple of the almighty God, and everybody in this world don't have that today. Amen. There are churches all across this city, all across Atlanta that's going to be filled with people that do not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And they're going to face the same kind of problems that you and I face. Amen. But we face them with God in our life. Where would we be if we didn't have him and hadn't to go through the things that most people go through on a daily basis? 
What are you saying, church? I'm saying, Truth Chapel, we need to be thankful for what God has done. We need to show gratitude. I mean, look around you. Look at what God has done for you. Here. Let's not worry about Achan or anywhere else. You need to think about what God has done for you right where you are. He has blessed us above measure. You know, most of us in here today, if, if we had to start thanking him right now for all the tremendous things that he's done for us in our life, it'd take us the rest of the day and all week long to do that. And we didn't deserve it. But he blessed us anyway. Now, I don't ever want to forget where I come from. Come on, somebody. I don't want to forget where God's brought me from. Of all the things that I've done in life and all the accomplishments that I've had, and everything that I've been involved in and how God has blessed me through the years, that does not define who I am. What defines my life is how I live for God. What defines my life is how I become an overcomer in the life that I live. What defines me is when I look around and see i got a son that's doing all of this, that's truly what defines our life, not our accomplishments. Amen? I mean, you could go to college and be everything you want to be, doctors, lawyers, Indian chiefs, whatever you want to be. But that's not going to define who you are. What's truly going to define you is how you walk with God. Come on, somebody. Come on, y'all too quiet on me here this morning. I'm going to have to shout do something wake y'all up. Come on now. We got to be thankful. The spirit of gratitude in our lives. I don't want to forget how God brought me out of sin. Come on. I knew what I was. And God help me if I ever come to the place where I get too big, I can't remember what I used to be. Come on. You see, that really keeps me humble. I weren't raised in the church. I didn't have the background. You know, uh, my family were, they were good Baptist folks, but I didn't go to church. I didn't have nothing to do with it. I didn't want nothing to do with it. First time I went to apostolic church, I thought, these people, y'all are nuts. And then they tried to kill me. Oh, yeah. That evangelist walked off that platform, grabbed me by my shirt, and said, boy, look like you need God. Well, he, he weren't lying about that, but I weren't quite ready to go. And that's, that's exactly when I, he drug me to that altar. And when he did, they just went. <laughs> and they were pulling and yanking, spitting and snotting, talking all kind of crazy talk. And I'm thinking, I, I'm crying, man. I'm, I am crying. And they think it's God, but it weren't God. God didn't have nothing to do with it. I'm crying because I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get away from these crazy folks. i got to get out of here. But you see, I was a sinner, wrapped up in, in rock music, playing, doing all that stuff, doing drugs, and, and, and still 
I'm 16, 17, 18 years old, and I'm totally in the world. I, I don't know anything, amen, about God. I couldn't even spell Jesus. I couldn't tell you nothing about him. And God saved me from that. When I walked in that little storefront church back in North Carolina, she was playing that piano, and I thought, this might be a good place to come. Long ponytail, had a white shirt on with blue jeans full of holes, barefooted. Oh, yeah. But I started feeling something. Now, I pick that a lot because, you know, I tell people I saw that piano player and I thought, I'm going to marry her. I may have thought that, but that, that's really not why I was there. I was there because I was tired of living. I was tired of embarrassing my mom and dad. And they were good folks. They were good Christian folks. And my dad said, that's the best boy. I don't have no trouble out of him. God, if he only knew how much of a heathen I was. And I'm thankful that he probably left this world and still never knew how much of a heathen I was. But you see, when I, when I think about all that, it humbles me back to a place where I become thankful. And I never want to forget it. It's always going to be my testimony of what God done for me. But we're living in a society, especially folks that's been raised in the church. Uh, amen. They can't get up and say, well, I never drank a Budweiser. I never done this. I never smoked a cigarette. I never smoked a joint. I never done anything. But, but that's okay. That's, that's your testimony. And that's fine. But don't forget, it was still God that saved your life. And we need to be thankful for what we have. Gratitude is a habit. Now, let's examine it for a moment if we can. It's a way of looking at the world and all the good things in it while feeling feelings of appreciation. That's what gratitude is. Regardless of whether or not we're current, in our current situation, it truly doesn't matter what we like or what we don't like. Amen. Gratitude is a heart-centered approach to having peace in your life. We need to understand something today. We've got people that's got the Holy Ghost, but they ain't got no peace. Come on. And, you know, when I think of that, it, it becomes an oxymoron. How can you have the Spirit of God and not have peace? How can you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost and not have joy? But we got apostolic people today sitting on pews all across this country with the power and the Spirit of God, and they're miserable. Come on. But I'm not. Now, I got situations just like everybody else. We go through it, me and my wife go through it like everybody else, but it ain't going to get me down. I, I'm still going to rejoice. I'm, I'm going to live life I, I, because that's what gratitude does. Come on. And, and when you become thankful, uh, not just to God, but with one another. And boy, I could stay there a little while. Because we can come sit on the same pews. Week in, week out, service after service, 
and still not even know who our neighbor is. Somebody say hello. Your telephone just rang. You need to answer it. How many of you could stand in this, and this is the small crowd right now, but how many of you could stand and say, I can call everybody in here by name? Who can do that? Point made? That's because we don't cross the line. We get caught up in our own little world, doing our own little thing, becoming selfish, not showing love the way we need to. How many know what I'm talking about here? Now, I'll be totally transparent with you. It's easier to teach it than it is to live it. People in our church right now, if I, if I walked up to them right now, I couldn't tell you what their name was. When, you, when your church is 50, you could do this. The first six months of Truth Chapel, you could do that. But you can't do that now. But we should be able to do that. There shouldn't be one person in this building today that we should not show appreciation for or gratitude to one another. It don't take a whole lot to walk up to somebody and say, hey, man, I love you, I appreciate you, glad you're here today, glad you're part, you're my brother, you're my sister. We don't do that. Why? Because we're apostolic people. We think we're at the top of the food chain. We think because we got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, a lot of that other stuff can slide by us. But let me tell you today, church, that ain't true. We need to show the spirit of gratitude and appreciation for everything in our life. It's a habit. And gratitude should become a habit in our life. I know what it is to get overlooked. I know what it is to, to stand in a circle and everybody's got a nice suit on except me. And they're going to say something, man, that's a nice suit you got on. You're looking sharp today, and I'm standing here, and ain't nothing said about me. That worries on you. Because, you know, my thinking, my suit's as good as yours. And my thinking, I'm better looking than you. <laughs> but nobody's showing their appreciation. How, come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Got to put some humor in it. But when you live the, the kind of life, you know, people just don't do it. And some people are intentional on leaving people out. Conversations. Turn your back because you don't want this one to hear what you're talking about. Oh, come on, here's the truth. If, if they don't need to hear what you're talking about, you don't need to be talking about it. Yeah. Truth Chapel, if you knew... If you even had a clue today what this church would be, if you loved and showed gratitude and appreciation to everybody that walks in these doors, this building here would be a drop in the bucket. Amen. We live in the age of the mega church, but 
what people are looking for now is not necessarily the mega church. What they're looking for is somewhere they can come and get a hold of God. It ain't your choir. It ain't your music. It ain't your praise singing that draws people. What's drawing people today is their hunger for God, and they've begun to all these jackleg churches, and they're not getting anything. So when they come here, you got to offer something else. You got to offer love, and gratitude, and excitement. If we come in here and all of us look like, you know, we're dying. Come on. I'm at home. I might live over yonder, but I'm home here. I've preached in church. I'm going to be honest with you. I've preached in churches that I would have given them an offering to let me leave. <laughs> I'll pay you if I can just leave right now. Dead. Truth Chapel. You know, I love to observe. And in the service Friday night, I ain't, I ain't passionate you, but I just, I'm gonna have to tell you. That man of God up here preaching his heart out, and my God, he's a preacher. But you see it. You didn't get on your feet. You didn't back him up. Four or five here, a few over here, a few over there. But this entire church should have been on your feet shouting amen and glory, hallelujah, and running aisles and doing everything else. And I'm going to tell you why that is, okay? It ain't necessarily that you're backslid or lost with God. What it is, in a nutshell... You forget where God brought you from. And we show gratitude and appreciation by getting on our feet, clapping our hands, getting with the preacher or the song or whatever's going on. That's how we show our, our inner being in our life. We get on our feet and let everybody know, hey, this is my church. He's my God. I'm going to worship him. My son's going to come in this pulpit here in a little while and preach. And when he does, you need to get on your feet. Not because of who he is. That's not what defines him. What defines him is that word that he's going to preach, amen, that should move and motivate you to come out of your shell, to be more appreciative, to show the gratitude of what God has done for you. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Brother Canarium, how much time do I got? I'm good? How many? 15 minutes? I can say a lot in 15 minutes. <laughs> Gentleman walked in the breakfast shop. And he noticed behind the counter there was about a 74, 75-year-old man. He's making omelets. And... Every omelet he makes, he makes it with passion. 
And the reason he, he realized this is because people lined up to get his omelet. But he's 75 years old. Most 75-year-old people, are, they're in retirement mode and complaining about their arthritis. I know. Come on. But as he stands and looks at him, he realizes that most people his age would not be doing what he's doing. And he's, he's, he's working with passion at 75 years old. And when he speaks to the man, the man tells him, well, I could be home complaining. I've, I've got aches and I've got pains. He said, but I'd rather be doing this because I want to offer something back instead of staying home and complaining about how sick and how sore I am. He wanted to show people that he still had a skill to make omelets. Come on, somebody. Somebody knows what I'm talking about today because that's sometimes we get in that mode and, and you know, that... Uh, that lifestyle, we complain and complain about this and about that. And, you know, it's, when you're getting old, you're just getting old. And when the body starts breaking down, it's just breaking down. I mean, it's life. But we'll go to extreme lengths to make something out of it. Come on. I got up yesterday morning, and I could barely walk. My knee just overnight just decided... I'm going to hurt today. I mean, it's hurt. You probably noticed a little limp. It's hurting right now. But I ain't going to complain about it. At my age, something's bound to hurt sooner or later. So you, you put a smile on your face and just go on. And I don't complain. I'll complain to my wife. But the reason I complain to her is she don't listen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the man looks at him and he thinks, looking at a 75-year-old making omelets with passion. He's talking to himself and saying, I need to be appreciative for the life I've got. I need to be thankful. It's like the blind kid. You know, it's a beautiful day, but I can't see it. And people just filled his basket up because it made him feel guilty. I can see how beautiful it is, but I ain't paid it any attention. Come on. I get on my wife. We, we driving cross country. She's on the phone or she's on the iPad, and I'm thinking, look at all that beauty out here. Look at these mountains. Look at these trees. Look at all that. We let it pass by, and we're all guilty of these very things that we do. Come on. Ooh. I'm going to tell you right now. If there ain't no cell phones and Facebook in heaven, some of y'all ain't going. When you get to the door, Peter's going to say, ain't no cell phones here. Well, bless God, I can't come in then. <laughs> Hello, somebody. What do we do before them? What do we do before Facebook? Woo. Facebook ain't 
it ain't good but for one thing, and that's ten to everybody else's business. <laughs> everybody say gratitude. Now, I've got a loving wife, but she picks on me worse than I pick on her. And she's over there. She knows exactly what I'm talking about. So this is how we get back at one another. <laughs> Woo! Gratitude. It cannot be travailed or owned. Now, I want you to listen to this. It cannot be earned. It cannot be worn or consumed. Happiness is a spiritual experience of living every moment with love, grace, and gratitude. Every moment. That's how we should live. In ordinary life, we hardly realize that we receive more than we ever give. Think about it. God has blessed us. He has given us. He's paid our bills when we didn't have it. People have walked up and put money in our hands. So many things have, have happened, and, and that, that God just takes care of us. And we receive and receive and receive but the return don't add up. Just don't add up. How many how many is with me here? God has blessed you and blessed you, blessed you when you didn't deserve it. And you didn't even know it was him half the time. And the reason you didn't, because you didn't even thank him for it, what he did, and how he's blessed you. And we can never repay him for what he's done in our life. Come on. We take for granted the very things in our life that other people would just love to have or be a part of. Amen? But the more grateful I become, the more beauty I see in life. Come on. You know, when, when I was 40 or your pastor's age, I was wide open. I was that 747 on the runway. You just get up and go, man. But now I've learned some things. I've learned it ain't how quick you can get there. But it's how well you travel along the way. Come on. Wisdom can change a life. And I, I would hope today that has helped me in my latter years to realize I need to slow down and smell the roses. You know, when, when I was his age, I was wide open. I mean, my wife would tell you, I was wide open. Man, I was tackling hell with a switch. I didn't care. Just go. Get it done. Get it done. I just could not. Well, I still got some of that trait in me today. If I start something... I got to finish it. I can't rest until it's done. If I start painting the house, I'm going to paint all night long because something inside me says, You can't quit. And I'll work till I get it done. But, you know, in the older age, you start realizing 
Wisdom has got to play a part here. And when I look at all this, when I look at this great church and all the things that have happened here, we need to be thankful. I am thankful. And I'm just a little small part of it until he puts me on his payroll. And I, 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 you know, I can hold my head up when I walk through here because this, this is a part of me. It's a part of my life. It's a part of my legacy. It's what it is. But it don't define me. It just don't define me. We have people all the time ask us, what did y'all do? Because your boys turn out so great, and they're all used of God. They're all preachers. What, what did y'all do? You know, my, my simple answer is, I don't know. We just loved God. We took them to church. We loved them. We taught them the things of God. We taught them integrity. And that's it. People want some magical thing they want you to tell them. They want you to, I mean, come on now. Your pastor, he weren't no angel. <laughs> I won't attempt to tell you. But I'm telling you what, I thought, I'm going to have to take him behind the woodshed. I'm going to have to beat some sense into him. Never had to do that, but uh, it weren't easy. We struggled with him for a long time. I remember when he come home from college, from the university. Well, first let me tell you this story. I'm sitting at home one day and the phone rings. And he said, are you Mr. Chavis? I said, I am. I said, well, I found this cell phone. I said, where'd you find it? In the cinema? In the theater? And, you know, way back then, we didn't go to movies. You know, we was holy, you know. <laughs> I said, yeah, I recognize that number. That's, that's my son's phone. So I drive down. To where the college is, I go by the cinema, pick the phone up, then I go out to the college. <laughs> I find found court. I said, uh, "Where are your cell phone, son? I've been trying to call you." And I, I, I dialed it two or three times so I wouldn't be lying to him. <laughs> but I <laughs> I had the phone. Dad, I don't know what happened to that phone. I just I said, "Boy, don't lie to me." You went to the theater. We had another kid in our church in the same college. So, years later, we get the real story. Kyle was with him, too. <laughs> they had slipped. So, 
We just prayed and believed God. Listen to this. I got a few more minutes. <clears throat> a wise man who does not grieve for the things which he has not. A wise man don't grieve about what he ain't got, but he rejoices with what he does have. Come on, somebody. Now tell me that ain't good. A wise man ain't going to grieve about what he don't have, and, and God knows we complain all the time because of what we don't have. We had trouble keeping up with the Jones and the Browns and, and the Blacks and the Blues, and, and uh, we, if, if they get a new Cadillac, I want a new Cadillac. If they get a nice house, we want a nicer house. I know people like that. If you walk in with a nice suit on, they got to walk in with one nicer. If you walk in with a nice pair of shoes on, they got to walk in with a pair nicer than yours because that's how they live. That's, that's how they operate. But a wise man, he don't grieve that business. He rejoices in what he has. And that's how I am. I rejoice in what I have and how God has blessed. And he's blessed our family. He's done all that. And there ain't no reason, amen, to grieve what I don't have today but rejoicing in what I do have. Now, think of this statement right here. The deepest craving of human nature, your deepest craving today is to be appreciated. Say, Pastor, my marriage ain't what it needs to be. Well, you can change it real quick by appreciating one another. Come on. How often do you do that? How often do you say that? How often do you communicate that to one another? I appreciate you. Amen. I appreciate you. It will change your spirit, your attitude, and your life. And that's awesome, folks. That is awesome. There is a calmness to a life that's lived in gratitude. There is a quiet joy and a quiet peace in our life when we learn how to appreciate others. And what they're going through. Pray for them. Help them. That's what it's all about. Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough. Come on somebody. It turns denial into acceptance. Chaos into order. Confusion into clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast. And a house into a home. And a stranger into a friend. That's what it does. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6 says this. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how ye ought to answer every man. Some people don't think before they talk. 
But in a society where we live today, we need to think before we speak. We need to look around before we even speak, especially in this racist world that we're living in right now where everybody's at one another's throat and this and that. and You know, uh, you're going to go to hell if you get vaccinated and all this kind of business. You're going to do this and you're going to do that. Come on. I don't care whether you get it or not. I did. I ain't grew a tail yet. <laughs> Hallelujah. I ain't got no extra hair growing somewhere, so it must have worked. But I haven't had COVID either. God's a good God, and we need to thank him. But I ain't going to get upset with you because you like this or you like that. Come on. Some of y'all like chitlins. I don't. I can't, I can't help you there. I'm going to love you though, and I'll come eat, but I ain't eating the chitlins. But you know, I got people in my church, they love them things. Woo! I believe you spelled it wrong. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I better quit right now. <laughs> Let me close. Stand with me right now. Amidst our numerous affairs that we have in life, we're apt to forget the gratitude that we owe, the engagements that we're under, not only to our friends, but to Jesus Christ himself. David wanted to show kindness when he didn't have to. He's going to take a young man now that in most situations would have been put to death. But he's going to show love. He's going to show kindness to Mephibosheth, which was crippled in his feet. David looks to him and says, I'm going to restore everything. All of Saul's house, I'm giving it back to you. But you ain't going to work it. Ziba's going to do it. And he's going to harvest your crops. He's going to take care of your farm. He's going to do everything that needs to be done. But you are going to sit at my table the rest of your life. Church, that's what Jesus Christ did for us. Took us out of a world of sin and, and took all your imperfections, all your problems and everything else and pulled us up to his table. And here's something I want you to get a hold of. When Mephibosheth pulled up to David's table, you never saw his crippled feet again. And when God changed you, filled you with his spirit when you didn't deserve it, he never saw all that garbage you brought with you.
Come on, clap unto the Lord. Amen. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.